Let's lift this up tonight. Oh, Jesus is when we focus our hearts completely on you. How you guys doing tonight? You guys don't sound good. How you guys doing tonight? Good! Everybody has a virus. Did you know that if you had an infection, you could die from it? I am not joking. If you come to Sunday school, you'd learn amazing things just like this. There's a few people in here that are laughing because they were there Sunday morning, and we talked about infections and how if infections go untreated, they can become lethal. And it's uh, you if you got a strep throat and it goes infected, dude, you could like it'll eat through your esophagus, eventually to your heart, and you're done. I don't know what happens, but supposedly. Any infection, if it goes untreated, it's deadly. But uh, if you, you learn lots of cool stuff like that, if you come to uh, Sunday school, that's at 9.30 every Sunday morning. There's a little plug for you. But uh, all you guys who have, how many of you guys are sick tonight? Just raise your hand. Good, I'm glad you're here with us. Thanks, guys. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, thanks for coming anyway. Um, I'm not feeling well myself, and so if I'm not like, overly exciting to watch. I'm sorry. It's just uh, my body doesn't feel good right now. I'm in a little bit of pain. So um, think about it. Just say a quick prayer for me that I get to feel better. That'd be great. Hey, how many of you guys are excited about this month's theme? What's love got to do with it? That's what it is up there on the screen. We're going to have fun. Last week we talked about love and what it is and what it isn't. What are we talking about this week? Dating. The D word, dating. <laughs> That's going to be a fun topic. How many of you guys are excited to hear what Scripture says about dating? Yeah, all two of you. Everybody else is like, I don't want to hear it. If I don't hear it, then I don't have to pay attention to it, and I can do whatever I want. I had a friend uh, back in high school. He was uh, in ninth grade. He was a little bit older than me, and uh, he got his truck, and he, like, tricked it out. You guys know what I'm talking about? One of those guys that like tints it to the max where it's like you can't see in it at all. Like you can put your eye up to it. It's just so dark. It's illegal. And then, you know, like he has the chromed out rims and it's just tricked out all the way around, right? Like this thing was pretty sweet. Had like two 12s inside the cab, which was ridiculous. You know, I was like, dude, you're going to kill yourself if you turn on your amp. You know, and so like he was 
cruising around. He's like, I got the sweet ride. Now I'm going to take some honeys out in it. And, you know, and he's all showing it off to the girls. And all the girls are like, hey, what's up, Trent? You know, one of those things. And I was like, whatever, you're a dork, you know. But uh, he was showing off his ride, and he thought it was really cool and stuff. And he, he told me, he's like, hey, I'm going to take this girl out this weekend. I was like, cool, dude, good luck with that, you know. And so he, he was all excited. So that weekend he went and, like, hand waxed his truck, you know, and make it real shiny and scrub the tires even, you know, like truck was immaculate. Well, he was a wrestler, and at that time he needed to pull about 12 pounds. And so typical wrestler, you know, he's running and doing all these different things, and he's still got a little bit left to lose. And so he has one of these spit cups. Have you guys ever seen a wrestler do this where he just nonstop, he just takes a cup, and he's continually spitting in it? And he's losing water weight, supposedly, and he's trying to just, you know, lose as much as he possibly can. Eat the, the smallest little bit helps, all right? And so, he, like, he's devoted to losing these pounds to make weight for wrestling. And so he's got this spit cup, and he goes and picks up his girlfriend with a spit cup. And he's like, what's up, baby? Let's take a ride in the old truck with Trent, you know? And so, like, they're driving around this cool truck, spit cup in the middle, you know? And she's like... And he's like, oh, I got to cut weight for wrestling, you know. And she's like, you know, and so, like, they're driving along. And they go to the movies, spit cups with them, you know. Like, he buys her, like, popcorn and a soda, but he won't eat any of it because he doesn't want to gain any extra pounds because then he can't make weight. And so, like, they're watching the movie, and I'm not joking. Halfway through the movie, he spills it. <laughs> he spills the spit cup. Not on him, but on her. Oh, that's just wrong, right? Like, how many of you guys know, like, at that point, it's like, uh, so that was a good movie, ready uh, for me to take you home? You know, like, girls, if you got spit, like, poured on you, how many of you guys know, like, that's it, game over right there, done, take me home, and probably never going to have another date with you again. Pretty gross, right? The dude totally just, like, ruined every chance he had dating this girl. It was pretty funny, actually. He came back, was like, dude, how was your, how was your date? And he's like, ah. Uh, Good, not good. And I was like, what happened? You know, like, I was trying to think of all these different things. He's like, I spilled my spit cup on her. And I was like, ah, <laughs> that's hilarious. He's like, no, it's not. She hates me, you know. And so, like, I, so I'd go up to her and be like, hey, how'd your date go? Knowing the whole time. She's like, it's okay. And I was like, just okay. Was the movie not good? It's okay. Well, is dinner not good? It's okay. It's like, what's wrong then? You know, I was like, I saw the movie. It's a good movie, whatever. And she's like, spilled his spit on me. <laughs> it's like, that's a bummer, you know? And so, like, he totally ruined that date, and he he needed, like, some type of manual or something. Like, who in the right mind would take the spit cup with him on a date and, like, into the movies and close enough to where he could spill it on her? That's just messed up. He needed a manual. Well, tonight we're going to look at a dating manual according to Scripture. It's going to be fun. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 6. There's three different things we want to talk about tonight with dating. How many of you guys, be honest, at one point in your life would like to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Raise your hand. It may, like, oh, whoa. Sounds like a little bitterness there. Don't raise your hand. Deep. Some point, how many of you guys, okay, let's, let's do this way. At some point in your life, you'd like to be married. Raise your hand. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Some of you guys are like, no, nah, marriage not for me. All right, yeah. Would you like to have a companion in your life? Someone of the opposite sex, somewhere down the road you'd like to have a relationship with, go ahead and raise your hand. 
So you guys are looking for a long, lonely life ahead of you. <laughs> Good luck. I got me and my iPod. That's all I need. <laughs> I just sing. I I just sing to it and listen to '80s love ballads all the time. It's really awesome. Well, for all the rest of you guys who want to know, like, what should I do down the road when I want to date? Here's what we're gonna go over tonight. We're gonna go over dating. But first of all, let me preface it with this. At you guys' age, I'm not the biggest. I'm I'm just gonna be honest. You guys may not like me for this, but I'm just gonna be real. I'm not the biggest proponent of people your age dating, and I'll tell you why. And you guys are like, oh, you're going to preach against dating now. Here we go. You're going to tell us, don't date till you're 47. You know, and it's like, by that time, that's kind of weird. <laughs> it's like your first date, you're 47. Hey, I don't know how to do this very well. But you know, 47-year-olds don't sound like that. That's more like a 97-year-old. But anyways, and if you're dating at 97, that's really creepy, by the way. <laughs> No offense to all the single 97-year-olds seven year olds out there that are dating. But, hey, at you guys' age, you know, like, dating's okay, it's cool, whatever. But I just remember when I was your age dating, how frustrating it could get sometimes, how emotionally involved you can get sometimes, and how lame it can be sometimes. We're just going to be honest. When I look back on it, there's a lot of mistakes that I've made, a lot of mistakes that a, a lot of us have made. And it all would have been prevented if I was just smarter than, than what I was. And listen to what I'm going to tell you guys tonight. Dating at you guys' age, probably not the smartest thing, just because statistics show, and I'm sorry to break the news to you, you're probably not going to marry the person you're dating right now. Whatever, I am so in love with him. He's got me a ring. No, he doesn't. But, you know, like, uh, I, was, I was talking about this with one of my friends earlier today, and he's like, you know, dude, you just got to date to mate. And I was like, what? He's like, date the person that you're, you're looking to, to have a mate with down the road. If you're just dating just for the fun of it, dude, pick up another hobby. You should be dating for the sole purpose of eventually, like, seeing yourself with that person down the road. And I'm not trying to be gushy about it or old school or anything like that. But, you know, like, there's no point of dragging somebody down the road and bringing somebody's emotions all involved with it and just, like, breaking their heart in the end. There's no fun in that, and it's not fair to, to that person or to whoever they're going to be with next. And so I'm just telling you guys, first and foremost, I don't suggest dating. But if, if you're like, dude, I just can't stand it. I got to be with him or her, you know, or whatever. Like, if you're just like, dude, she's like everything I think about, you know, so, like, I need to, like, take her to the movies. You know, okay, well, then, this sermon's for you, too, okay? This is the, the guidelines to dating according to Scripture. Uh, how many of you guys have found all kinds of stuff in the Bible about dating? Yeah, there's not a lot, is there? You know, like, there's Solomon, and he had, like, a ton of wives, like, 900 wives. That's pretty awesome, right? No, not at all, you know, and there's, like, this other guy, David, and he's, like, he sees this chick that he really likes, so he's like, dude, I want to take her out. I better kill her husband, you know, and like, you know, like, that's a good idea for dating, right? No. And so, like, it's hard to find a lot of things what Scripture says about dating, but tonight we're going to look at a few things, and there's going to be three different points because everything's based on the number three. Not really, but um, what we're going to do tonight is three different things. First off, the first point, if you're going to date somewhere down the road, think of it. Think of these three things. Make sure you follow these three guidelines. If you do that, hopefully everything works out for the best. If not, 
it, it won't hurt nearly as bad as it could have. All right? And so here we go. First point is make sure of this. Number one, they got to love God. Number one is they got to love God, and it's, it better be obvious. Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45, and I don't have these marked in my Bible, so it's going to take me just a second to find it. But we do have it up on the screen for you guys to follow along for all you hoodlums who didn't bring your Bibles tonight. <laughs> he called me a hoodlum. Here we go. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pigs, pick, pigs, pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Right here, it talks about bearing fruit. It's one thing to say something, but it's something totally different to live it. How many of you guys can agree with that? And you can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. How many of you guys have heard that before? Don't just, don't just sing it, bring it. You know, one of those things, all right? That's what we're talking about is showing your fruits is, is what I'm saying here. Make sure that the person you're dating is, is obviously loving God, where it's obvious, where the fruit that they're showing in their lives, the things that they're doing, reflects that they love God. If not, you better look somewhere else, all right? It matters who you are, it matters who you're with, and it, and it matters where you are in life, and it matters what you do. We can all be easily influenced. How many of you guys know that, like, the people that you hang out with can influence you? Raise your hand. You admit it. How many of you guys are like, nothing influences me? Raise your hand. Liar. Why are you wearing that on your head right now? Because you wanted to, because you want the attention, because you like that, right? You know, like, you've been influenced by the people you're around to wear the things that you wear, to listen to the things that you listen to, to do the things that you do, all those different things. We're all influenced by other people and by other things. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. Pop that up on the screen if you could so everyone could see this. This is very important, very important. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. What that means is if you're strolling around with the wrong crew, if you're hanging out with the bad crowd, they're probably going to influence you to do bad things, all right? That's basically what Paul says here to the Corinthians. Bad company corrupts good character. No matter how good you are, no matter how awesome you are, if you're around enough, enough negative things, it's going to start wearing down on you. It's going to start pulling you down a little bit. You may not realize it at first. You may not admit it at first, but it's true. Scripture says bad company corrupts good character. If you're hooking up with somebody that's not right with God, if you're dating somebody that, that doesn't love the Lord, that it's not obvious, they're going to start influencing you in a negative way. It's true. Hands down. It's, it's true. You, I mean, I can think of many different instances in my life and other friends' lives where if you're around other people and you start dating them or, you know, or just hanging out with them even, and they're of a negative influence, they're doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing and that they shouldn't be doing, it's going to start wearing on you eventually. You're like, no, dude, I'm like a super Christian. I got, like, the WWJD bracelet on, so, like, I can always think, what would Jesus do when I look at my right hand, you know, something like that. It doesn't matter. Bad company corrupts good, good character. Now, I'm not saying you just can't, like, you have to just hang around with, with people that just live at church. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is if you're going to pursue a relationship with somebody, if you're looking to date somebody, make sure that they love God and make sure that it's obvious because if not, they can corrupt your character. 
Number two is this. First one is they got to love God. Number two is they got to make you love God. So not only should they love God, you should love God, and they should make you love God more. And I know, like, I've worked this in my deviant little mind before when I was dating. It's like, oh, yeah, she makes me love God more because I have to continually pray to him after I'm done dating her. You know, it's like, <laughs> she's pulled me down the wrong road. Oh, God, I love you. I'm sorry. Forget-. You know, like, my prayer life is a lot greater now that I'm dating her. She makes me pray a lot for forgiveness. No, like, that's not how it should be. We should, we should continually be challenged to go closer in our relationship with God, even when we're dating. Our friends should, should be a positive influence. The person that we're dating should be a positive influence. They should make you want to get closer to God. If they don't, you should reevaluate things. If they're pulling you away from God, chances are they're probably not a good influence on you. Chances are they're probably not loving God as much as they should. And chances are you're probably getting pulled down pretty quickly. 2 Corinthians 6, chapter 6, verse 14. If you do have your Bible, slip over there. I've got a bunch of different verses that we're going to look at tonight. And uh, we do have them up on the screen as well. 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 says this. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial, or, or the devil, what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Basically, it, it's saying this. Hey, if you could turn off your cell phone, that'd be great. Or tell them hi first. All right, thanks. Sorry. Now, what, what happens here in this verse is Paul is basically saying, light and darkness aren't best friends. Believers and unbelievers have no business like dating together, being together, being married to each other. And I know, like, you guys have heard, like, oh, like, they don't know God, but I can, like, missionary date. I can show them God's love as I'm dating. I'm not going to knock that because I'm a product of that. My parents, my mom was, like, this awesome Christian woman, and my dad was definitely not an awesome Christian man when they were together. And then she influenced him, and th- she broke up with him, and then they got back together, and then she broke up with him, and then they got back together, and then she broke up with him because he was doing all these stupid things. And eventually he caught it. And eventually he, he realized what he was doing and got right with God, and then they finally got engaged and got married and all that stuff. So I'm not going to completely just bash it, but I will tell you this, and my mom is my witness. It would have been a lot easier if he was just a Christian to begin with. Was that a your mom joke? Who said your mom? Oh. Huh? What? Oh, I don't know. My mom promised my mom. <laughs> He's cracking on my mama. That ain't funny. No. My mom, I promise, she says that it would have been a lot easier if my dad was a Christian to begin with. It would have just made things a lot easier, a lot smoother, even in their marriage down the road. And so I'm not going to say that it can't happen, but it's, it's not very wise. It's not very good. There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of scars, not physical, but emotional. And there's a lot of issues that can go in that. So you shouldn't be unequally yoked. And what Paul means there is, how many of you guys have seen, like, a picture, or I don't know, if you live way out in the middle of the country somewhere, you might have oxen. How many know what an ox is? An ox? Have I mean, you guys have been to like, I don't know, does the zoo have an ox? They have oxen there? I don't know. I don't know. But back then in the day, oxen were used to like pull things. They didn't have the F5000 truck from Ford or, or you know, like the Dodge Dooleys or anything like that. What they had were oxes, all right? And so they're like, 
hey, I got this big old animal. Let's pull things with it. And so what they did was they got this wooden rack called a yoke, and they would put it around its neck and around another oxen's neck. And they would like they would kind of be attached by this wooden thing called a yoke, and it would go around their neck. And when they were ready to pull something, they were like, you know, and the oxen's like, man, that hurt. Better start moving. You know, one of those things, and they'd start pulling whatever. When it's unequally yoked, meaning that one is tighter than the other, when the, when the, when the tension on it is not right, what happens is one starts pulling at a different rate than the other. And they're not headed down the right track that they should be. And Paul uses that illustration here when he talks about people that, that believe in God and that don't believe in God. If they're put together, then they're going down the a road that they shouldn't be because one's pulling at a different rate, at a different pace, at a different approach than the other is. And so think about that. If, if it's unequally yoked, if they're going down, and they're supposed to be going down one way, but then one oxen's pulling this way, eventually it's going to get off track, and it's going to get messed up, and then there's a lot of going on to get them back on the right track. It's a lot easier and a lot smoother if they're equally yoked. Spiritually, it's a lot easier if you're equally yoked, if, you're, if there's equal balance here, if there's equal sp- spiritualness, whatever you want to see or talk about it, However you view it, dating-wise, it's a lot easier if they're both believers, if they're not unequally yoked, if they're both Christians. So that's what Paul says there, is you got to make sure that they love God so that you're not unequally yoked. And uh, along with that, make sure that they're loving God and that they're making you love God even more, and that the fruit in your life is evident and obvious. Galatians 5.22 gives us a list of different fruits, of different things that our lives should look like. And I'm going to read just a few of them to you here real quick. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're dating somebody and they're making you get closer to God, then your life should look like it's a life of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. If your life doesn't look like that when you're dating that person, you should probably check them at the door and look elsewhere or just get on your knees and start praying. Because if they're not getting you closer to God, then they're getting you far away from them. It's one or the other. And so point number one is got to make sure that they love God. Number two, make sure that they make you love God. And then number three, finally, is you got to have approval. And by that I mean uh, the approval of those that that you really respect in your life. And I'm not talking about just like your friends but I'm talking about either your parents or some type of person that you look up to, whether it's a teacher, and you're like, dude, whatever. I'm not going to ask my teacher if it's cool if I date this girl. That's weird. You know, okay. Your parents, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle, uh, one of us leaders, whatever. I've had that conversation with somebody before. They're like, what do you think about me and him going out? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't think so. You know, it's like, and the whole reason is it's not so like people can just tell you what you should and shouldn't do. But you should listen to people's advice. I, I have a bunch of friends. One of them was one of them. He still is one of my very best friends. And he was dating this girl. And every single one of us, every one of his friends, everybody in his life, all his mentors, everybody was like, red alert, red alert, red alert. Don't date her. You know, and he's like, hey, I love this girl. And we're like, what? You know, like, what are you doing? Don't. You know, and he's like, no, I love her. I love her. And they're like, no, you don't. You're, you're being stupid. Listen, look. 
this, 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 and this. You shouldn't love her, you know, and he's like, no, I love her. You know, like, you're an idiot, you know, and so, like, what happened was he didn't listen to the advice of everybody else. He didn't really care about the advice of everybody else, and it wasn't that we were trying to be selfish. It wasn't that we were trying to, like, ruin his life and make him miserable and be like, ha-ha, I have a girlfriend and you don't because we don't like her. It wasn't that at all. The fact was she just wasn't good for him at the time. It was just plain and simple. It was like, man, it's just not a good idea. And there's a lot of people saying that. He didn't listen to advice. He went through some rough situations and stuff like that. But if you listen to the, to the advice and, and the, the suggestion and, and the counsel of people around you, it would really help in your relationship with the people that you're, that you're with or that you're, that you're seeking to date. So if you look at Proverbs chapter 15, this is going to be our final verse of the evening. Proverbs chapter 15. I hope you guys are still tracking with me. I hope you guys are still interested in, in dating ever. Maybe. There's a couple. Woos. No, no one wants to date anymore. That's good. That's great. Fantastic. Boys have cooties. Proverbs 15, verses 31 and 32 says this. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. <laughs> it was timely. <laughs> that was very timely. It kind of freaked me out. And I looked up and everybody was like, what was that? The wall's hissing at us. We're going to read those verses one more time. Verses 31 and 32. He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. It talks about here in Proverbs that it's pretty smart to listen to what other people have to say. And if it takes a little bit of discipline to, to like, get it across, then it's good. It's better to do that than to, to listen to a bunch of people's advice, and they're like, hey, I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do this. And you just go and do it anyway and just totally mess up. That's basically what it's saying here. Listen to correction, heed to it, and gain the understanding that you can get from it. So if there's like, you know, like, you're like, I just love him. I love him. He's a great guy. And everybody's like, don't do it. Then you probably shouldn't date them. And, and it's just, you know, if that's the majority vote, I would listen to the majority. And, and I'm not saying that all the time, but if, if there's somebody in your life that you're just like, I desperately need to date this guy. And your parents are saying no. Your grandparents are saying no. Everybody around you is saying no, including your friends. It's probably a good idea that you should not date them. So once again, the three things. They got to love God. They got to make you love God. And then you got to have the approval. Everybody got it? One, two, three. Got it? You guys got it? I'll say get it. You guys say got it if you got it. Get it? Get it? Good. There you go. Cool. So that's what scripture says about dating. I know that it wasn't like the most moving and most emotional, awesome thing ever. But if you, if you follow these things, then I promise you, down the road, things will be a lot easier. And some of you guys are like, dude, like, I've been dating this girl for forever. I ain't breaking up with her. I bet you will eventually. Or she's right around the corner about to dump you. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just kidding. To, cl <laughs> to close... Think about this. We have we have these different things in our lives, these these different set rules that that we place. But when it comes to dating, usually it's just no holds bar. Usually it's like you know, in in school you have all these different guidelines, different rules that you have to obey 
that you, you know, like if you don't, then you're in trouble. Okay, like you can't do this, you can't do that, or you have in school suspension or whatever they call it. You know, ISS in school suspension. There you go. Some of you guys are like the poster kids for it. You're like, dude, I live there. You know, we'll pray for you after this. But there's, you know, like in school you have guidelines at home. Hopefully you have some guidelines where it's like, hey, if you have mud on your shoes, you probably shouldn't jump on the white couch, you know, or like when you eat food, you should use a fork and a knife, not like licking it off the plate or anything like that. You know, like there's just certain parameters, certain guidelines that you that you live by in life. But so many times in our lives when it comes to dating, it's like, dude, whatever, I can make whatever choice I want. And, and in the end, you can make any choice you want. God gives you that freedom. God gives you that ability. You can choose whatever, whenever. But most likely, you're going to choose something that harms you if it's not lining up with God's word. And these things that we talked about tonight, these things that we looked at tonight, are, are just guidelines to help you, to prevent damage, to prevent things that can hurt you in the end, that can prevent scars, that can prevent issues down the road. And you're like, Whatever, it doesn't matter if I date somebody now. It doesn't matter what we do. It does. When I was uh, when I was a sophomore, I was dating this one girl, and um, and she was like a good Christian girl. I was a good Christian guy, and all these different things. And we were dating for a long time. It was one of those, you know, really long relationships. It was like more than a couple months. So I was like, wow, you guys must like love each other, is what everybody thought, you know. And so, you know, we were both really good Christian kids. And then we started going down this path that we shouldn't. We started doing a bunch of things that we shouldn't. And then it was like, whoa, what are we doing here? I need to, we, need, we just need to call things off, you know. And, like, I realized that my relationship with her, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't showing that I loved God. And it w- definitely wasn't getting me closer to God by any means. And, uh, and so I was like, well, we just need to call things off. After that, you know, like, I went my separate ways, she went her separate ways, and, like, I got closer to God, and she got a lot farther away from God. And, uh, pay attention, pay attention, almost done, pay attention. She got a lot farther away from God, and I got a lot closer to God after we broke up. And it's like, well, that's her fault, right? Like, she chose to date other guys and go party and go do all these different things, and her life's all messed up, and bad for her, good for you, because you didn't go down that same road. Well, it's partially my fault as well because I started, you know, like nudging her that way, you know. We started going down that path together, and I was like, I'm going a different way. Good luck, you know. But, like, I was the one that introduced her to that, you know, and and just kind of, see ya, you know. And and she didn't have somebody to to help her out. And I don't know if things would have been different if we didn't go down the path that we did and then separate I don't know if, if it would have been different if we just, you know, stuck through the, the, the thick and the thin of everything. I don't know what would have happened. But I do know this, that her life is totally different than mine right now. And it's a sad thing. Like, you know, like she's totally off the deep end. And she didn't used to be. And all I can do is pinpoint back to when I had an influence on her life when I was with her as her boyfriend. And I led her down a path that she shouldn't have gone down. If I didn't take her down that path... I don't know what would have happened. I still can't say to this day. But I do know that I'm partially to blame for some of the stuff that happened in her life. And, and I have to deal with that. It's partially my responsibility. Yeah, she chose, but at the same time, I influenced her. And I want to challenge you guys. How are you influencing the people around you? When we, when we say, you know, 
they should love God, they should make you love God more, and they should they should get the approval of the people around you. Can you hold yourself to that standard as well? Think about your life right now. Be in that other person's shoes and look at your life right now. Look in the mirror and think. Does it look like I love God? Does it look like I am causing other people to love God more? Would people approve of me being with this person? Examine yourself, because if you're holding somebody else to a different standard than what you're living, that's not fair, and that's not right. That's not what you should be doing. And so tonight, think about that. Think, are you living a life that loves God, that pleases God? Are you making other people love God even more? And do people around you prove the way that you live to where they want other people to hang around you, plain and simple? And, it, you know, some people are like, yes, 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 that's easy. Some of us, it's not that easy. Some of us, we have some different things in our lives that, that we keep messing up, and it doesn't really seem like we love God all that much. And we just need to work on that. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed right here, we're going to close. We're going to end a little bit early tonight. But I want you guys to think real quick. Don't think about the person to the next, to the right of you, to the left of you. That's why your eyes are closed so you don't look at them, so you don't focus on them. Focus on yourself for just a minute. Think. The life that I'm living right now, does it look like I love God? Is it reflecting the fact that I love God? The life that I'm living right now, does it make other people want to love God? It's a hard thing to answer. Do I love God? Do I make other people love God? Hopefully. God, tonight as we sit here and as we think and we reflect and, and see where we're at in our relationship with you, God, I ask that you help every single one of us. Open our eyes to see different things that we should work on, Lord, to, so that we may love you more and show other people that we love you more and give them an opportunity to love you more. God, it's all about love. What's love got to do with it? Everything, God. Your scripture is spelled out in love. You are love. You love every single one of us, and we should love you the same way. God, I ask you help us this night, Lord, as we reflect and as we think, Lord, on, on the topic of dating and, and the guidelines for it. Let us not just hold other people to that standard, but hold ourselves to it as well. That, God, we, we should love you with all that we have, and we, we should live in a way that, that causes other people to want to love you as well. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you've done in our lives, and thank you for your love, and we ask that you help us to realize it even more every day. We thank you for everything that you've done. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming out tonight, guys. Uh, we ended a little bit early for you, so you guys can hang out and enjoy the warm weather. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.